Amen. You may be seated. There is a condition, medical condition, that can refer either to an infant or to an elder that is called failure to thrive. Essentially, it is what happens when someone simply does not grow. They're not eating enough nutrients to 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 let their body advance. And if they're an infant, they're not taking in enough nutrients to let their body grow. And their growth rate is below uh, the standards for growth, below the sustainable level for growth, and it endangers their life or takes their life. And the other end is the, the elder that also struggles with uh, keeping up with the demands of life and just fails. There's not a sickness. There's not a disease. There's not a process. You can point out and say, well, that that killed them, but they just failed to thrive. That also happens sometimes spiritually. Sometimes we come into the house of God and God blesses us and he touches us and our lives are changed and transformed and then after some time we settle in on a pew somewhere and we kind of get comfortable and we kind of get stagnant and we stop growing and you understand that anything that stops growing is in trouble amen anything that stops growing stops developing is in the process of dying that's what failure to thrive is all about so i want to take it just a few moments I, I don't anticipate being real long tonight but i want to talk to you about 10 keys to spiritual growth 10 keys to spiritual growth and i'm, I'm going to kind of you know sometimes you encounter somebody that is really good at something that that uh, maybe a, a deer hunter that is very successful and you sit down and you say to him you know what is it that you do and what you expect to hear is not often the what you what you hear sometimes it's just a little thing it's a small thing uh it's it's a, just a small difference maker and so some of these keys that we're going to talk about tonight i i understand there are some very obvious things to do for spiritual growth but uh, some of the things we're going to talk about tonight are, are a little less than obvious but they are keys to spiritual growth and if you want to grow in the lord and you want to grow, continue to grow as a Christian and continue to grow in the grace of God and let the Spirit of God develop in you, these keys are essential elements to that growth. We'll start with the first one. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. The first way to ensure that you continue to grow spiritually is to be a witness. That's what Jesus told his disciples. Go ye therefore. Go tell somebody. Go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We strengthen our faith when we put it out there and let it be tested and challenged. Uh, we strengthen our faith when we share it with others. Amen. We strengthen our convictions whenever we take the time to let them be out there in the marketplace of ideas and have conversations about them. We grow spiritually when we reach for others. 
You want to know how to keep from getting stagnant? You want to know how to get, keep from getting cold, lukewarm, backslidden in the church? I can tell you how, how. First of all, set your heart on being a soul winner. Set your heart on reaching somebody with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Make up your mind that you're not going to be satisfied uh, uh, just sitting on the pew where you are, but you, you want to bring somebody with you. You want to take somebody to heaven with you. You've got to share this good news uh, that God has given Given you. You'll value the church and you'll value your relationship with God more when you begin to focus on being a witness, being a light in the darkness. He filled you with the Spirit. He filled you with that precious light that shines in the darkness. And when you let your light shine, it makes a difference not just in the world around you, but it makes a difference in you. When you ask the Lord, give me a burden for a soul, and you start to feel that burden for somebody, that drawing, that hunger to see a soul saved, it does something for you spiritually. It'll strengthen you. It'll keep you growing spiritually. Amen? Let me give another key. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. And edify one another, even as also ye do. The second key to spiritual growth is to be an encourager. There's great joy to be found in encouraging others. When when you become concerned with lifting somebody else, uh, when uh, when you you become concerned with coming to somebody else and becoming the wind beneath their wings, strengthening them, encouraging them, lifting them up in the presence of God. When you make it your purpose to become a blessing to somebody else, you become blessed yourself. The best way, the quickest way to encourage yourself in the Lord is to reach out and encourage somebody else. Amen. So make up your mind. I'm not going to be a negative Nancy. I'm not going to be down all the time. I'm not going to be one of those folks that's constantly complaining. I'm going to be an encourager. Amen. I'm going to be the kind of person that comes alongside a brother or a sister on a bad day and says, I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you and I'm in this fight with you and we're in this thing together because when you find yourself in that place of being an encourager, it strengthens you. It stokes the fire of the Holy Ghost in your life. What do you do then when you start to feel cold in your spirit? I'll tell you what you do. You pick up the phone and you call a brother or a sister in the Lord and you encourage them. But Brother McCall, I'm the one that needs encouraged. You miss the whole point. Because when you encourage them, it's going to encourage you. You want to stay in church? You want to stay positive about church? You want to stay upbeat about church? You want to stay in the will of God? And you want to allow God to work in your life? Be an encourager. Make it a part of your mission. Make it a part of your purpose in life to come alongside others and encourage them and lift them up and, and say a kind word. You know, I, I love Sister, I guess her name is Evans now. Oh, Sister Nana Harris. Because every time I ever saw her, I, I don't care it, the best day of my life or the worst day of my life, she's going to tell me how handsome I am, how nice my clothes are, how good of a preaching. Her to be preaching 
10 years. But she's going to tell me how good of a preacher I am. There's just something about that lady that she's an encourager. And I'm going to tell you something. You want a fountain of, of joy in your life? You want that overflowing presence, that abundance, that bubbly spirit of God in your life? I can tell you how you bird that. You bird that by making up your mind. I'm going to, I'm going to encourage somebody. I'm going to lift somebody up. I'm going to, because I'm not going to focus on myself. I'm going to focus on something. And I get life and I get strength and I get vitality from that. But that's not why I'm doing it. I do it to be an encourager. Amen? Come on, doubt and discouragement is all focused on you. It's all focused. The devil operates in that realm of fear and, and distraction and discouragement and, and begins to plant things in your heart and in your mind and, and you begin to mull them over and if you're not careful they'll drag you down. They, you'll, you'll think the whole world is coming to end. The sky is falling. But if you want to break that, the way you break that is pick up the phone or write a letter or, or go, to, go to a brother or sister in the house of God and encourage them. Give them what you don't feel like you have for yourself. Because when you do that, it's going to encourage you. So one, one key to growing spiritually is being a witness. The second key to growing spiritually is be an encourager. Come alongside a brother or a sister and lift them up and encourage them in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Let's go to the third key. The third key is found in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says this, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God. The third key to spiritual growth is thankfulness. Be thankful thanksgiving recognizes god's blessings in your life your flesh wants to focus on your problems your mind wants to dwell on the things you can't solve but thankfulness dwells on the goodness of god and the blessings of god and the things that he's done right and he's done well and the things that are going good uh, and if you're not careful you'll let your mind become overwhelmed by all the things that are going bad to the extent that you ignore what's going good you want to stay in church you want to be a blessing to the house of God you want to be a, a part of the kingdom of God you want to grow in the Holy Ghost and make up your mind to live every day with an attitude of gratitude with a thankful spirit amen because when we begin to thank him we acknowledge His control over our circumstance. When we begin to thank Him, we acknowledge His control over our situations. Anxiety tends to forget God. Anxiety tends to rely on what we can't do, on the resources we don't have. And believe you me, I live there enough. I know how it feels to, to, to look up at that mountain and recognize I don't have the ability. I don't have the wherewithal. I don't have. And that's the kind of attitude that causes you to lose out with God. That's the kind of attitude that causes you to back up on God. That's the kind of attitude that causes you to diminish spiritually. But the kind of attitude that causes you to grow spiritually is when you recognize it's not 
in my control. Uh, amen. He is the God uh, that watches over me. He is the God that orders my footsteps. Uh, he is the God uh, that determines my path. Uh, he is my provider. He giveth me my daily bread. Uh, he maketh me to lie beside still waters. That's what thankfulness does. It says, you know what? I understand there are things beyond my control. I understand there are things I can't deal with. I understand that I don't have the resources in myself. Uh, amen. But I am not the source uh, of my joy. Uh, I am not the source uh, of my strength. Uh, amen. My joy comes from the Lord. Uh, my strength and provision comes from Him. And in the worst day, uh, at the worst time in my life, I can be thankful. It's a key to spiritual growth. When you lose your thankfulness, you lose that impetus to grow. When you lose that spirit of wonder at the provision and blessings of God, when you lose that spirit of recognizing the hand of God is always there. Amen. I, I don't always understand it. I can't always see it. It, it doesn't always make sense to me. I, I can't always work it out. The math doesn't add up. But God always shows up. An attitude of thankfulness will keep you grounded in the provision of God. It'll keep you grounded in the blessings of God. It'll keep you grounded in the house of God. Amen. The fourth key to being or to growing spiritually is found in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. This, the fourth key is this. Be faithful. Be faithful. Faithfulness matters. One of these days, you want to hear the Master say, not welcome to heaven. Not you've, you finally won the race. But he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Faithfulness is a key to spiritual growth. When, whenever you begin to, and listen, it, faithfulness is about the little things. You know, we all like these grand gestures. We all like the, 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 the ability to do something big and establish that, you know, we're a part of something. We, you know, you want to be able to give the $1,000 offering, but uh, we struggle sometimes to give the, the weekly tithes. That's where faithfulness is. Faithfulness is the little things, and the little things accumulate over time. They matter. You know, going to church, that's faithfulness. Being there every time the doors are open, that's faithfulness. Never missing, never having an excuse, that's, that's faithfulness. And it does something for you. It, it, it's easy to make the argument that, that whenever you start missing church, it sets a bad direction for your life. When you start missing church, it sets a, a bad direction for spiritual growth. 
it's just as easy to make the case that whenever you, be, you become faithful to the house of God, it establishes growth in the other direction. Amen. When I'm faithful in the things that he's called me to do, when I'm faithful in the things that he's put within my control, I, I can't always control my circumstances. I can't always control my situation. But whenever I'm able to, I'm going to be in the house of God. When I'm able to, I'm going to find my place of prayer. Whenever I'm able to, amen, I'm going to be faithful to him. Amen. Faithfulness is a key. Because when you lose your faithfulness, you lose your consistency, you lose your walk with God. And it doesn't happen fast. The old saying is you boil a frog and he never knows he's boiling until he's dying. You know, you put him in the pot and you slowly heat the water and he never even recognizes the danger. Faithlessness is that a way. It just kind of creeps up on you. A little bit here and a little bit there. Just a little compromise, just a little this, a little that. And before you know it, it has robbed you of your faithfulness and it's robbed you of your walk with God. So if you want to grow and you want to continue to grow spiritually, you want to be a part of the church, amen, you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, you want to be productive for the kingdom of God, then you have to develop this trait of faithfulness, amen? In the little things, we, it, we all... I, I know I've said this already, but th we all recognize uh, the ability to be faithful in big things uh, because people notice big things. And, and, and we, we, we fix our own self-image by being faithful in big things. But what he's calling us to is to be faithful in little things and the secret things, the hidden things, the things that nobody else sees and knows. That's where you demonstrate your faithfulness to God. That's where spiritual growth happens amen i've only got 10 and so if you're keeping count we're on number five the fifth key to spiritual growth is found in philippians chapter 2 and verse 4 it says look not every man on his own things but every man also on the things of others the fifth key to spiritual growth is to be helpful. Told you I was going to get out there and maybe some things that aren't so common to think about in relationship to spiritual growth. Be helpful. I'll tell you what will rob you of your spiritual growth. This self-centered attitude that I am all that matters in the world. What's going on in my life is the only thing that's important. It all revolves around me. That will sap you of your spiritual life and vitality. Amen. Sin is self-centered. That, that selfish attitude, self-centered attitude will rob you of the joy of the Holy Ghost. But helpfulness shifts the focus from me to others. Hey, we're in this thing together. Amen. We're in this battle together. So it's, it's productive to your own spiritual growth to care about others. It's productive to your own spiritual growth to care about the church in general. Be helpful. Amen. Help clean up the church after service. Help if you walk into a Sunday school room and it's a mess, clean it up. Why? Because that instills a love for the church in your heart. Be helpful. 
Love others. Love the things of God. Care about the things of God. Let them matter to you. Make them a priority in your life, and you'll continue to grow spiritually. Amen. I hope I'm getting on your toes a little bit. That's where I'm aiming. Trying to get right up in your living room, right where you're living. Amen. The sixth key to spiritual growth is found in Matthew chapter 6. In verse 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I don't preach a lot on, on giving, but one of the keys to spiritual growth is to be a giver. You put your treasures into things you value. You invest your time and your money and your energy and your effort into things that are important to you. Amen? So you may not believe it. You may not understand it. But your commitment to God and your commitment to the church can be measured by your giving because you invest yourself in things that matter to you. So value the church. Value the things of God. Value your relationship with God. Value the fact that there is a place where you can come and fellowship with the people of God, that there are people who are, who are putting themselves in places of ministry so that our kids uh, are hearing the Word of God on a Wednesday night. There, there are people who spend their time and their energy here cleaning and getting ready for services. Uh, value those things. Invest your money here. I'm not telling you you got to give me everything you make. I'm not getting any of it anyway. I'm telling you you honor God with your finances, and he'll honor you. And the quickest way to kill yourself spiritually is to shut off that fountain of blessing and say, I'm not going to be a giver. I'm not going to give to bless the work of God. Invest your money in the church. Invest your time in the church. Invest. I can't tell you how many times I've been told, I just can't afford, Pastor, to pay tithes. I just can't afford to be faithful financially. We're, we're just too tight. You know how you got there? By not honoring God. Because you have a promise. Listen, this isn't just my word. This is his word. It says, how shall a man rob God? That's one thing I don't want to be guilty of is robbing God. You can rob my neighbor. You can rob me, but don't rob God. How shall the man rob God? Robs him in his tithes and his offerings. But then that, that sounds real judgmental. But then that's followed by a promise. It says if you give, it'll be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's going to be given back in an abundance. So whenever somebody says to me, I just can't afford to pay tithes, I try to explain to them, you just can't afford not to. Amen? You just can't afford not to put God first in your finances. You just can't afford not. You Listen, you won't always be able to measure it in a pay raise, but every now and then you're going to go to need a new set of tires, and, and you know it's going to cost you $400, and you stumble on a deal, and you get them for 100 bucks, and, and out of the blue. And, you, and you, sometimes you don't even think to acknowledge that God's blessing you because you blessed Him. 
but he gives it back to you. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. I remember when I was a kid, the preacher preached. And I don't even remember what the sermon was about, but he said something in the course of a sermon. If you give to God, God's going to give it to you seven times over. I don't know how he got, I don't know where he was, in the, I don't know what the scripture was. Uh, seven times. Whatever you give to God, God's going to multiply it by seven and give it back. So I gave a dollar or two in the offering. I was a little guy. I wasn't big. And then something come along later that week. I don't even remember exactly what it is or what it was. But I remember bargaining with God. Lord, you owe me $14. This would be a good time to come through. <laughs> don't always work that way. But I can promise you this. You're not going to outgive him. He's going to bless you. So if you want to continue to grow spiritually, be a giver. If you if you're not if you don't give yourself to that spirit of giving, it'll rob you of your spiritual growth. Amen. So many times when we talk about giving, we focus on the fact that it's a blessing to me. I, I I'm blessed because I give. Amen. I've got a good a good I start to say a good wife. I do. Good house, good car, good life, good job. Those blessings don't come from me. They come from heaven above. But there's so much more to this than just if you give, God's going to give to you. There's so much more to giving than just a spiritual, financial principle of sowing and reaping. Listen to what I'm telling you. When you invest yourself in the church, you'll stay in the church. When you put your treasure here, you'll build your life here. When you invest yourself here, this will be a part of you forevermore. Amen. And not only will you stay here, but you'll grow spiritually. I've seen a lot of people come and go. I've seen some that were high profile and some that you didn't even know when they came and when they went. But I can tell you a common characteristic of those who back up on God and leave the church is that they don't value the church. They don't give. And that, that probably sounds a little hard. But I'm trying to get a principle into you. And the principle is that this thing about giving is a whole lot deeper than your pocketbook. This thing about giving is a whole lot deeper than your bank account. It, it takes a little while for your lack of commitment to show up in your life. It shows up real quickly in your giving. But eventually, if you're not careful, you're going to invest yourself into the things that you value and abandon the things that you didn't. Don't let the house of God be one of those things. Amen? Talking about ways to stay in church. I'm talking about ways to continue to be productive in the kingdom of God. I'm talking about ways to make sure your kids stay in church. Amen? Man, I could stay there a little while. I don't do that very often. But I'm going to go ahead and move on before somebody says, all that preacher ever does talk about money. Must be wanting to buy him a new bass boat or a new rifle or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Because it's not about me. It's about him. And it's about you. And it's about this principle that if I give to him, he's going to take care of me. Amen?
The seventh key to spiritual growth is found in Luke chapter 6 and verse 36. It says, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Be merciful. Give mercy like you have received mercy. Amen. He gave you mercy when you didn't deserve it. Come on. He loved you when you were unlovable. When, whenever you, you had no claim to the goodness of God, He was good to you. Give folks a break. Extend a little grace. Extend a little mercy. Don't automatically think the worst of everybody. Come on, that's our human nature. That's not the Spirit of God. That's our human nature. Don't automatically assume the worst in every situation. And, and for God's sake, don't take everything personally. Amen? Oh, I know. Right on those toes. Let me step there a little bit. <laughs> you have to wear your steel toe boots. When you're done wrong, when somebody offends you, when, when you know you're in the right and you know they're in the wrong, see it as an opportunity to pray for somebody who obviously needs prayer. See it as an opportunity to extend mercy when it's not deserved. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. How? By your love, one for another. But mercy and the grace that flows not just from the throne of God, but from the people of God. Amen? I know I done quit preaching and going to meddling. Let me see if I can move on. Philippians chapter 4. And verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Be positive have a positive mindset have a positive outlook think on these things dwell on them let them occupy your mind amen if you don't i'm going to promise you negative things are going to occupy your mind amen they used to say an idle mind is the devil's workshop an empty mind is going to quickly be filled with complaints and bitterness and all kinds of all the stuff that's wrong. He, didn't, he wasn't saying, if you encounter these things, think about them. He was saying, make it an active part of your life. These are the things I dwell on. Whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, pure, lovely, those things that have a good report, that are virtuous and praiseworthy, those are the things I fill my mind with. If you want to grow spiritually, if you want to stay in the house of God, if you want to keep yourself spiritually healthy, then you have to understand that your thought process is a part of your spiritual growth. Amen. And when, when you begin to think on things that are not true, not honest, not pure and just, not lovely, not of a good report, things that have no virtue and are not praiseworthy, 
those kind of things impact your spiritual growth. So think on these things. Be positive. Keep a positive mindset. Keep a mindset that focuses on the goodness of God and the blessings of God. Amen? Ninth one. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. If you're going to grow spiritually, then you have to be prayerful. Prayer helps us stay out of temptation. That's what the scripture said. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Prayer challenges us. Prayer uh, puts us in a place where we have to examine ourselves and examine our lives. You can't daily come before the presence of God without finding the presence of God daily looking into your life. Amen? There's this little thing called conviction. And when you begin to pray daily, and the first thing you're going to feel is the need to come into His presence with uh, a spirit of repentance and get the blood of Jesus uh, applied to your life and, and search me oh God and know me and know if there's any evil thing in me if there's any wicked way in me know if the thoughts of my heart are not continually good know if there are desires and, and ambitions that are going to lead me away from your presence uh, search me God and know me if you're going to grow you've got to be prayerful amen prayer challenges us prayer drives away those things of this world that break off into our lives it covers them with the blood of jesus and prayer replenishes the inner man i get thirsty i get more thirsty now than i used to i don't know it's something about being old when i was old when i was young and my grandma was old i used to help her in the yard and uh we'd get hot and tired i'd wanted a coca-cola out of a can and she wanted a bottle of water or a glass of ice cold water. And she said, I don't, I don't see, I can't see how you can drink them Coca Colas when you're so hot. Well, I never understood that until now. But now I know what it, I, there's, I, I get thirsty. And the only way to really satisfy that thirst is a Coca Cola just isn't going to do it. Some of you are not there yet. Just, it, it's coming, I promise. You will understand by and by. Amen. But, you know, I have to have that drink of water, that cool, refreshing, sweet tea will get it done. But something like that. Listen, that's what prayer is to your spirit. That's what prayer is to your inner man. When you're out in the world and you're doing your job and you're going day by day and you're dealing with the affairs and cares and concerns of this life, it drains you. You don't even realize it. You know, I can get dehydrated and not even know it. The way I know it usually is my I get I have kidney stones and all that. I get I start hurting. That's how I know I need to go get me something to drink. But you get out in the world and it drains you of your spiritual vitality. Prayer puts that back in you. It's water to your soul. You need it. Nothing revitalizes you. Nothing energizes your faith more than simple communication with the creator of your soul. Amen. So you need to learn to pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. Pray for those that you love. Pray for the work of God. Pray for the community of God. Pray for somebody who hurt you. Pray for somebody who wronged you. 
Learn to pray. It changes everything. Amen? The tenth and final key to spiritual growth in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The tenth key is this. Be watchful. Be aware that you have an enemy that wants to ensnare you. You have an enemy that seeks to destroy you. And you have to be on guard. You have to be watchful. You have to be careful what you associate with. You have to be careful what you allow into your home and into your heart and into your life. Uh, Amen. You have to be careful about the things you do and the things you say and the places you go and the things you read and the things you watch. You have to be careful. Be watchful. Be aware. Because you have an enemy that seeks to destroy you. Amen? The Holy Ghost works. It'll convict you. and It'll, it'll, it'll move in your life and it'll, it'll tell you, you know, what you're doing. You need to. But if you shun that, if you, if you dismiss that, if you learn how to ignore that, long enough you become callous to that and that tug of the holy ghost doesn't isn't as strong as it used to be you know you you talk about the guys who uh, forge fire and work in steel and that heat and the build up those calluses and what calluses do for you is over time they remove the sensitivity and and you get to where you can handle hotter stuff without feeling it burn you. Those those calluses. Uh, whenever when you when you deny the power of conviction, when you push off that small, still, gentle voice of the Holy Ghost saying, "You know, you really shouldn't be doing that. You you, you really shouldn't involve yourself in that." The more you push it off, the more calloused you become to it the less sensitive you become to it, the less watchful for your soul you become. I'm going to tell you an absolute truth. I don't, nobody ever left the church and backslid that intended to do so. Nobody ever went from where you're sitting and into a life of brokenness and spiritual poverty and sin because they made up their mind that they were going to backslide. They got there because they quit doing these things. They quit being watchful. They quit being prayerful. They quit being positive and joyful. They quit having a spirit of thanksgiving. They quit giving and supporting the work of God. They quit doing these key things. And whatever, you know... You can't always point and say, well, this is the one thing that killed somebody spiritually. Because so often it's the preponderance of all these things. A little here and a little there. But over time, it robs you of your spiritual growth and vitality. So the keys to spiritual growth are these simple principles I've tried to share with you tonight. And then I start back up at the beginning. Put them up there one at a time. Stand with me. 
The first one is be a witness. Be a witness. So make up your mind right now. I'm going to tell somebody. Amen. The second one is be an encourager. Be a blessing to somebody else. The third one is be thankful. Have an attitude of gratitude. The fourth one is be faithful. Faithfulness in little things because little things matter. The next one is be helpful. Help somebody else. Invest yourself in somebody else. The next one is be a giver. Amen. Give because where your treasure is, that's where you invest yourself. The next one is be merciful. Love like you've been loved. Show mercy like you've received it. And the next one is be positive. Be upbeat. Have that joyful attitude. Dwell on these things which are good. And then the next one is be prayerful. Have an attitude of prayer. Learn to make prayer a vital part of your life. And the final one is be watchful. Be aware. Not just aware of an enemy that wants to destroy you, but aware of a day that is coming when the trump of God is going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with him in the air. Be watchful. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I'm asking God as we get ready to go from this place, you allow this simple lesson, these simple words that have been spoken in our presence, Lord, that you let them impact our hearts and our lives, Lord. Let it touch us in a, in a deeply spiritual place, Lord, that as we go about the cares and affairs of our life in the coming days, Lord, that we'd remember these keys, Lord, that whenever a negative attitude tries to creep in, that we'd remember, Lord, whenever that, that, that anxiety and care and concern tries to dominate us, Lord, that we would remember, Lord. Whenever we go out and we're, we're involved in the things of this world and doing our job or whatever all else, help us to remember how important and powerful it is to live a life of prayer. And Lord, help each and every one of us to be a witness, to tell somebody else about the love of God. In the precious name of Jesus, would you say amen?